0: Welcome to You Are Loved, a podcast with open conversations about healing after suicide and suicide prevention. Join me as we discuss how you can heal after losing a loved one to suicide. Discover how others found hope again in their moments of darkness and how you can truly scatter hope to those who need it most of all. When you do, you can save their life. I'm your host, Crystal Partney. I am a best-selling author, speaker, and suicide grief coach. Together we can heal. Remember, you are loved. Welcome to another episode of You Are Loved. I'm so glad that you are here. Today we are going to be talking about letting go of shame, how to let go of shame and guilt after a suicide loss, and why it's an important part of healing. Shame can creep in at any moment, even if it is something that you haven't thought about in a while. For me, and how it creeps in is that it typically, I might have a flashback of my sister and a memory that we shared together. This could be a conversation we had, or it could be something that she said that made me laugh out loud. Remember, this is what LOL stands for laugh out loud. But to be completely honest, at least in my own experience, shame and guilt doesn't enter my mind with bells and a blow horn. No, for me, shame is more subtle and subdued. What do I mean by shame being less loud? Let me illustrate what I mean. It was a beautiful fall day. My husband and I were visiting my mom, as we often do on the weekends. But this time, we managed to notice that Gina was outside blowing leaves with the leaf blower, which was no surprise because Gina never seemed to slow down. She really didn't. She was constantly working. This is also one of the unique qualities of my sister that I dearly miss. We walked over to her and asked her how she was doing. She warmly replied, but sternly said, I'm okay. I'm fine. After looking at her with more intent and saying boldly, Gina, we know that you are not fine. Look, I don't know what you're going through, but Chris does. My husband. She finally cracked. The hard exterior that she was putting on this brave face came down. She said as tears streamed down her face. It's hard. We are getting a divorce. Her and her husband. We said how sorry we both were to hear this news. That if she needed anything, anything to let us know. But why do I share this story with you? Because the word divorce carries a certain level of shame with it. I wish it didn't, but it painfully can. You see, when my sister announced out loud, let alone to another family member, that she was getting a divorce. She didn't have to verbally say, I feel shame. I could visibly see it on her face. The weight, the heaviness, the inner turmoil. It was all there, plain as day. You see, I have a theory. The theory is that it doesn't matter how long you were together, aka married. It could be two years or two decades. My theory is this, that it still stinks. And shame and guilt? Well, this is something that just comes with the territory. According to Webster, the definition of shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. It says conscious, meaning you are fully aware. But the bigger question is, how much is unconscious? How many times is our natural reaction to make ourselves feel guilty over something we did in the past, something that we did today, something that we did in that moment? How often do we beat ourselves up over something that we just simply made the decision? And I want to talk about the sound of silence. Yes, it's a song, but there's more to it. I also believe that this is when shame, again, this is my own experience, can be more quiet than loud. Like I said earlier, it doesn't come with a blown horn and a microphone. And that's why I say that it could be more quiet than loud. I'm going to illustrate some of these experiences in my own life that these are all words I've said before and I felt ashamed afterwards. Maybe you might recognize some of these phrases in your own life, especially when it comes to losing a loved one to suicide. But before I begin, I just want to emphasize that this is something that as I describe these words that I've said to myself, whether it's internally or out loud, I just want to send some love your way and know that you're human and that I share these experiences not to pour more fuel on the fire, if you will, but to share these experiences that I've had because in doing so, maybe you can say to yourself, oh, oh, she gets me. Okay. I understand because she's experienced that too. Maybe you've said that you could have done more. Why didn't you stop it? The person, your loved one, from taking their life. The quote-unquote signs were all there, and yet you did nothing. Does any of this sound familiar? But now the question becomes, we recognize shame and guilt, but now how do we stop it? How do we? How do we slow down and ultimately stop that shame and the guilt from creeping in? You may be even asking yourself an even deeper question, like, how do we let go of shameful memories? For me, the answer to these questions that I just spoke of, the answer became simple. I didn't need to stop the thought or feeling shame and guilt from entering my mind. Instead, I wanted to shift my focus and decide if I wanted to let the thought or the feeling of shame or guilt stay and take root. I wanna just emphasize that again. I didn't need to stop the thought from happening or entering my mind. I wanted to shift the focus and decide if I was going to let that thought or that feeling stay and take root. Psychologists actually call this reframing, although I didn't know that that's what I was doing at the time. I was reframing the thoughts that entered my mind rather than trying to avoid them in the first place, which quite frankly, would be downright impossible for anyone in my opinion to not even have the thought or feeling of shame and guilt. I want to circle back to what I said just a second ago of how do we let go of shameful memories? I'm going to share some examples and go a little bit deeper in the questions that I just asked and how I was able to shift the focus and shift my energy into something that felt more peaceful and more in alignment with how I wanted to ultimately respond and react to when these thoughts entered my mind. So let me explain. For example, the thought you could have done more. I shifted this to say, I did the very best I could. Why didn't you stop it? Became... I did multiple times prior to stop this tragedy from occurring. It was a group and a family effort that was taken very seriously. When I had the thought, the signs were all there and yet you did nothing. If I'm honest, friend, this one still haunts me. This one is extremely difficult for me. And it can still creep in if I'm not. Because I don't know about you but I grew up in a very religious family and not to say that you need that, but in terms of your spirituality, whether you call it what you will, to me, this is the one that keeps replaying in my mind. So that's why I say that it's extremely difficult for me and it can still creep in. And if I'm not careful, it can slowly take root. But my response for this that I tell myself either internally and out loud. Sometimes I have to do both. But for the signs, I understand that noticing them ahead of time is crucial, but also simply asking someone if they are in fact struggling can literally be a lifesaver. And since we're on the topic of signs, I also wanted to mention and remind you of the talk that saves lives. This is a four-question assessment that guides you through what to say to someone who you suspect might be struggling. This is evidence-based, and it's written by trained professionals. This isn't something that Crystal just came up with. This is very conscientious. This is very strategic, if you will, in the order of these, these four questions, and nothing is out on a whim, if you will. So I invite you to, if you want to have the talk that saves lives with the people in your own life to schedule a call and we can go over the four question guide together. And it only takes roughly about 15 minutes, so nothing too long and it gives you that framework and it literally is a guide for you to then ask the people in your life if they are struggling a way to be able to properly just ask the question and ultimately get the help and the support that they need. Along these topics of shame and guilt, I'm definitely not perfect here. I am no way shape or form perfect when it comes to how to let go of the shame and the guilt. Some days I feel like I get it right and other days, not so much. But it is okay. I am doing the very best I can. And I know you are too. So keep up the good work. Don't beat yourself up. Through regular practice, this is how to let go of shameful memories. If you know anyone who is dealing with shame and guilt after a suicide loss and is wondering how to let go of shame and guilt in their own life, please share this with them. Another resource that I found very helpful is for those of you who haven't watched or seen it yet, is Brene Brown's fabulous TED Talk on shame. She doesn't talk, of course, about in connection with the suicide loss, but it's so important. I loved what she says because it just rang true to my heart about shame and how we don't have to let this continue and to carry this around with us like this this badge let's take off this badge that we call shame and the guilt that we might feel especially after losing a loved one to suicide there's so many things that go through my mind and i'm sure goes through yours and i just want to give not only myself but i want to extend that invitation to you to find a little bit of peace, to find some relief. So you may want to try what I just mentioned earlier. Maybe you list out all of those questions that keep coming back. Maybe you list out all those thoughts that keep reoccurring, that are making you feel like you have shame and guilt. Maybe you write all those down and get those out of your body and get that out of your brain. I don't remember who said this, but They said something along the lines of your brain, your mind is meant for having ideas, not for storing them. And I absolutely love that because it's so true. If all we're doing is storing this shame and this guilt and we're not able to release some of those painful and shameful memories from our past, then they will continue to haunt us. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that for myself. That's why I decided to list out all of those things that kept coming back in my mind and slowly and consistently allow myself that space and that time to work through it. This is how we can stop the shame from creeping in. This is how we learn to let go of the shame and the guilt in our life, and if you still need help, please reach out. Today's love notes are shame and guilt doesn't enter my mind with bells and a blow horn. Oftentimes, for me, shame is more subtle and it's more subdued. It's often quiet. It's very small, and when I think about it. It really doesn't come loudly. It comes very softly, and it's, just as I said, it's subtle and more subdued. So maybe for you, it's the same way. I don't know. Remember that I wanted to shift my focus and decide if I wanted to let the thought or feeling of shame and guilt stay and take root. Remember that psychologists call this reframing. Also share that our mind is meant for having ideas, not for holding them. This is important as we think about this topic that we've been discussing all along, that it can be very easy for us to be able to allow ourselves to go to that dark place and we start beating ourselves up. We start replaying old tapes and we get into these old patterns that can somehow keep us, I would say, stuck. But really, it leads us down a dark path that really has no end in sight. That once we decide that we are going to continue to play these old heaps, that we are going to continue to rehash old conversations with our loved one that we can no longer have, It can be very difficult and it's challenging to remind ourselves of the good times that we had with our loved one and being able to give ourselves grace and forgiveness. And eventually, when you're ready, to be able to forgive them as well. This, of course, is a very hard thing to do, if I'm honest. Being able to forgive my sister and come to a place where I had to forgive her allowed me to begin to feel peace once again in my life and being able to let go of some of the shame and the guilt that I have felt since her passing has truly made my life more at peace. And that's what I, of course, would want for you listening right now is to be able to find peace, whatever that looks like for you, even if it's just for a moment That is what I would wish for you, is to find a little bit of peace in your life. And hopefully that will be long-term. It may not be right at the moment, but I would hope that it is my hope that you will find that peace that you've been searching for all along. That we can get rid of some of these feelings of guilt and shame and how you can release those. As time continues to pass us by. And I also share that the talk that saves lives is a four part questionnaire that we can discuss over Zoom. Mm -hmm. That I would love the opportunity to be able to share that with you and walk you through the talk that saves lives. And it's something that's very quick and easy, it only takes about 15 minutes for us to go through the series of four questions together and you can then ask your family, ask your friends these exact four questions because at the end of the day, you never know who is struggling and who might be dealing with these feelings of shame, guilt, and by you being bold enough and being brave enough to have the talk that saves lives, you can save their life and you can give them the hope that they have been praying for, that they have been searching for all along. Always remember, you are loved. Thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode of the You Are Loved podcast. For more information about suicide prevention, be sure to check out soul.com That's owl as in the bird. Hoo hoo! And if you're coping with the loss of a loved one due to suicide, we've been there too. And for more information, check out our sister company found at scatteringhope.com. Please like and subscribe to this program to stay current with all of our episodes and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Owl and Thistle for scattering help. As always, remember, you are loved.